I am Ansonia with Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold, a podcast which will feature conversations with musicians, singers, songwriters, radio personalities, and historians of gospel music. You will hear conversations with featured guests telling their story and history, their contributions to the richness of gospel music and where they see gospel music trends. We will have traditional, contemporary, neo-soul and hip-hop gospel artists and more. We look forward to bringing exciting shows and to present great episodes to keep you coming back for more. With me today is Apostle Dr. Sharita Lovelace, the founder of SL Ministries and Passion for Worship International, based in Atlanta, Georgia, the author of Sleeping Beauty, Dream Again. Sharita is the present producer and host of The Triumphant Show with Sharita Lovelace, which broadcasts on local, national, and international radio and television platforms. She is a recent recipient of Dope Women in Radio 2021, honored through the SPIN Awards. She is the founder of HGM3, his global movement manifesting MANA, gospel, dance, and corporate creativity broadcast. Sharita has been a featured guest on TV and radio stations throughout the country and internationally. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. Hey, Sharita, how are you? Hey, I'm good. <laughs> Yay, happy to be here. Excited, excited, grateful. <laughs> what a wonderful day. Now, I want to talk with you. Tell my audience a little bit about you because I'm in Chicago and a lot of my audience is, is in, in the Chicago area, but those that are not familiar with you, yeah, well, I'm I'm originally from California, so I'm from the Bay Area. Um, and shout out to I think it was the Los Angeles Rams that won the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, so I had to give a shout out to my state. Um, but uh, that's where I grew up. Um, I, I live right now in Atlanta, Georgia. I've been here for for several years. I came here for graduate school after I finished undergrad. But my life really began a lot of my foundation began in California. Growing up, uh, you know, very active not only in the church uh, but just just active in life. Uh, God knew that he had to pull me out of California once college was done because mm. he was going to work on me and work on ministry. And so um, long story short, he pulled me from California to Atlanta, Georgia, and things took off even more um, in how he cultivated my life and, and brought me into a place where um, you know, I am. I be. I walk in that ambassadorship. You know, knowing that I. I profess and and believe in in the kingdom of God and and to bring people closer to Christ, and it's just taking place from there, from ministry, from travel internationally. Um, finished graduate school and and was able just to do a lot, um, and then begin to create uh, what God had told me in terms of ministry that would seek the hearts of people that felt unfit or broken, um, because I went through a lot of um, you know seasons of of 
uh, uh, challenging seasons, I'll say it like that for now. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it was all in preparation for ministry. And so um, now just, um, you know, still working that nine to five, (laughs) Uh, still doing that, (laughs) are we all? Um, But still, you know, God is just still allowing the ministry just to keep going in media, uh, radio and TV and and just, you know, even outside of technology. So I'm just grateful uh, for what he's doing. And I'm just, I'm really here for the ride. I'm really a vessel, a vessel being used right now by God. So. Well, that is great. That's wonderful. (laughs) Now, how I came across you is uh, you are part of a women's women in gospel radio yes could you talk more about that yes oh my god so um i was recently um the year before i believe i was nominated for um some awards through the spin awards um and uh, the following year um i was awarded um a one as one of the dope women in radio through the spin awards um and i just give a shout out to them a shout out to dr minstrel appointed and her entire team they've just been so down to earth and in excellence um, since day one. Um, but that's been an awesome opportunity for me. I mean, it has continued to allow me to learn and grow mm-hmm. and be a blessing through what I'm doing in, in media, media, whether it's radio or TV, um, and to continue to connect with more. But the biggest impact that I'm seeing is that um, we are all you know, called to different veins in the media. We all may have mm-hmm. the same gospel foundation, but different regions and different ways that we're called that's the the diversity of these dope women, you know, Um, and all of them play a role. All of these dope women play a part in in showing the diversity of the gospel through media. And for me, that's why I'm honored to be uh, not only selected, but but a part and to be called dope. I just love that word. Is that an acronym or is that just a, uh, I know, I'll, I'll just call it the young people's terms. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's just a term. I, I remember when we had um, the Spin Awards 2021, um, the Lord had given me an acronym. Don't ask me what it is now because I don't forgot it. <laughs> but I I, uh, I think it's just a term. Uh, excited about it. Excited to, to feel like I'm, I'm making a difference um, in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is, that's wonderful because that's what you want to do is you want to make a difference. Yeah. And uh, I was speaking with someone not too long ago who is new to the gospel industry, gospel music industry, mm. and was talking about so many doors closing in her face. And I mm. said, you know, just just hold your head up. You know, mm. uh, you, unfortunately, we are in, uh, when you think about gospel music in, in any business, it is a business. Right. And they are looking to generate money. So yeah. when you hear about people making moves and making strides and making growth, I understand through one of your ministries, you're helping women in that. Talk about that for me. Yeah. So um, when the Lord was, um, you know, my, my my platform of starting in ministry, God pulled me into the dance. And, and this is going to mm-hmm. lead to answer your question. So I was dancing for the world. Um, but during that time, I was still in church. I was still, um, you know, walking out where my plans placed me, Baptist Training Union, Sunday night, Sunday school, you know, um, all the above. So I grew up in a Baptist great church in California. Um, but my my freedom and my release came from dance. But I didn't realize that God was going to take that area of dance and use it for his glory later on. And which okay. is how I started traveling internationally and, and um, ha- have a gospel dance company. However, though the way 
way the Lord moved in that and he placed his foundation uh, with dance and moved me into ministry um, was during that season, I was going through my first set of uh, brokenness. Um, mm. You know, I'm a victim of domestic violence. Well, a survivor. I don't want to say a victim. Um, years back, <laughs> you know, and I've been through a lot of challenges as a woman trying to figure out her place, knowing God had a call on her life, um, still had the pull from the streets, you know, and figuring it out. But God was like the only voice that was strongest that was mm. like, you need to keep paying attention to me. And I remember one day he told me, choose ye this day whom you're going to serve. Okay. And so things like that, God really pressed upon my heart but it, it is it was from that that not just the dance from there then my ministry for women was birthed because I realized I needed some real tangible nuggets of how to move forward as a woman of God in this world you know whether whether there were areas dominated by men whether there were areas dominated by you know um the secular arena how do I go mm -hmm. forth as now being prepared to walk in ministry and so not only that and not only from um, the traumatic experiences I, I I had at that time in terms of domestic violence but God, when he finally pulled me out and healed me from that, um, he said, now it's time to go and talk about it and begin to impart and lift other women up. Um, and, and whatever you didn't get, you give them and you let them know that they're going to make it out and they're going to be able to use the gift that, that God has given them um, to be able to bless other people like I'm doing with you. And so that's how um, the evangelistic portion of the women's ministry was started back in 2004, I believe. It was. Okay. All right. All right. That is, you know. I always tell people, sometimes uh, people look at tragedy, things that happen, and they say, you know, why does God allow these things? And I have to go through, through a whole rigmarole. But then I, I turn around and I say, but did you get the message? And are you changing that? Uh, I, I use, for example, uh, Joyce. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Joyce Myers? Yes. Uh, okay. I said, you know, a lot of people had never heard of her. And I said, she took what tragedies she was going through Absolutely. and then turned that around. Because when you go through pain, sometimes you can speak to someone else's pain without even saying the words, right. you know, and God will give you that spirit and will give you that emotion mm -hmm. to go through that and to help somebody in a situation like that. That's know? right. And some people don't realize that that is unfortunate, uh, a message you've gone through or as uh, Robin says on television about her mother said, take your mess and turn it into a message. And exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know, because you have to learn how to utilize that. And, and I'm going to go back to the using dance in that everyone has a part in church, in building, in creating everyone is not going to be able to give give and serve the same way as anyone else. And I remember as a little girl, when people would tell you, well, that's not how you praise the Lord. You praise the Lord this way. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. If that's what God gave somebody, why are you trying to change that? <laughs> that's it. That's good. That's right. That's right. So if, you, if you're given the gift of dance and you turn it and you use it in a positive way, because like we know, there's always good and bad to, to anything. That's just like uh, right. if you drink pop. I'll just put it yes. that way. If you, I right. call it pop, right. you might call it soda. Right. But you drink that. If you drink too much of it, it's not good for you. But you can have right. some occasionally. Right. So you know, learn how to utilize that. And I like that when I read your bio, how you turned 
your message into something that can evolve and develop and help others. Right. As opposed to sitting, sitting in that. And That's tell, right. Tell me how did that, um, and you talked about listening to the word of God. Tell right. me or give me a description of how you actually heard him saying that to you. So, um, you know, I, I've been very active all my life, you know, um, in, in different things in school. And um, again, you know, being a choreographer, still going to church. Um, I was in the pageant industry, all these things. But when God began to transfer me from California to Atlanta, um, I remember once I got here, I began choreographing for some of the colleges, HBCUs. I was a choreographer for um, Clark Atlanta University. Um, and, and that's a whole nother um, area of, of dance resume. But during that time, when my season was about up, that's when I heard the voice of God, the loudest, telling me to choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Um, so long story short, when I heard that, I began to turn down and stop my contracts of dance in the world. I turned down all any secular request to choreograph, to dance or anything. And it wasn't that I was against them, but I knew God was giving me a final warning for some reason. And I had already been through hell and back despite what seems to look good. There's still been some challenges along the way. So when that happened, when I made that decision, God began to take my take me off into ministry like never before. Mm. I began to get invitations to minister uh, through dance, but teach about dance, worship, corporate worship at conferences, gospel conferences. It came to a point where I had God had to say, okay, I'm going to let you go through all this so you know what it's like on the other side. But then if you're not going to listen to me, I'm going to make sure I get your attention because from that, it's going to connect with your next assignment. It's for my glory, not for man. And so from that, um, God, God um, and I, I was ordained several years later. And um, But prior to that, I started a gospel dance company, and we began to travel internationally, not just about dance, but how does dance fit in the body of Christ? When God says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord, we're talking about a corporate worship. So we're talking about whether you dance, whether you lift your hands up, whether you're the psalmist or you play the instrument, there's something about the corporate that God is looking for, for the church to become unified. So my assignment was not come see me dance, come see the skill, come see the great storytelling choreography that you're giving me, all glory to God. Come and experience what God is seeking for us or come and feel a, a spirit of healing or deliverance that should be released off of those that are moving in mm -hmm. this message of song. Mm -hmm. And so our goal was to teach people. So it, it started from a place of making a decision for myself, that I was going to make sure that the gifts and the talents he gave me was for his glory. And however he chose to put that together. And I had no idea that he was going to allow me to travel internationally. I had no idea that I would go to places and to Israel and to Canada and different places to be able to minister the word of God, not just through dance, but through word. And so those people that were with me, I was able to help develop and train and come alongside with them as well as we met, went forth to, to show that I am as I am. Mm -hmm. And that's how it started. It has to be, ha take a surrendering spirit and a trust that God sees. He knows what your gift is and he's not going to throw it away he's going to use it for his glory okay. and that's what breaks people and sets them free we overcome by the word of our testimony and the blood of the lamb and so I, it's an honor and so we have to stay in that place of surrender and humility and that was my assignment and still is in terms of my transition from you know dancing for the world and then coming over to the gospel mm -hmm. 
All right. That is, yeah. that's really powerful. That it is very powerful. And when yeah. you say you do, you do your workshops and you go internationally. Now we've seen that, I think, and this is just my opinion. Sure. I see people <laughs> who are not of the, who are not from the United States and definitely not of our culture. And I'll just use, for example, there was a young man that was playing a gospel song and he is not an African-American, nor yeah. is he, uh, was he born in, in the United States? And he's playing the song and people were commenting and saying, oh, you're doing a great job, blah, 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 blah. But me looking at him playing, I didn't feel what I would have normally felt through someone else playing. And it, even when I close my eyes, because sometimes I just close my eyes to hear things and not see. And I could not feel the, how can I say? I couldn't feel the, yeah. the Lord in that. I couldn't yeah. feel that. So I know that when you went international and doing your workshops, did you encounter people that were just going through the motions of movement or, and I know that there is a, an experience that people have. I was, I'm a, I'm a singer. I experienced certain things through singing, but I know dancers when they're dancing in the church and they're praising the Lord with dance, they go through something. Did you feel that when you were in international and how did you incorporate their, try to get them to feel the Lord moving in them and not just going through the motions? Sure. I love that question because we talk about this uh, for people that say, I've been to the nations, you know, um, because, and, and I remember sharing this uh, before years ago, when the Lord opens a door for you to go to another country where the people don't look like you, they don't talk like you, they may not worship like you, and, but he opens it he'll equip you for that territory. You mm. have to be in a place that God, I trust that even if I don't see their response, I'm only supposed to plant the seed. It's God that it does the work. And so what we come into is we come into a place where many artists feel like if I don't see or feel the accolades, the, the worship, the, the praise, the amen, or if I don't sense anything, my labor's in vain. And God said, uh-uh, uh-uh. Your gift belongs to me. I'm the <laughs> one who gave it to you. So if you said that you surrendered, uh -huh. that means if I took you to a place and it looked like the wilderness where there was a uh, just a cabin there and I told you to worship, would you not think that flowers could spring up from your worship? Do you not have me as the Holy Spirit inside of you to believe what I can do? So our assignment as those that are called to share about worship and dance and song and, and the church body is to let people um, understand and equip them mm. about the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, other nations, territorial spirits, territorial different situations. It's beyond our gift. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have to keep equipping and talking about it and not just saying, oh, they were good or they weren't. And also people will understand and be able to identify better. Wait, is this my gift or I just like to do it? Oh. Or is this something that I'm good at? Because not everyone can, everyone can dance, but not everyone can dance before the people and reach the people. Okay. And okay. so we've had confusion in the body of Christ because um, there's been people sugarcoating um, what God said our assignment is, and we begin to tailor it according to our brand and what we feel it should be. And so, yes, 
we've experienced it a lot, but because we prepared, I mean, we took months in preparation. When we went to Ghana, West Africa, we stayed for a while. We, we had to prepare mm. deeply and understand that even if we left out of there, we didn't understand what's going on. It was okay. I remember doing a, it was a revival night um, and it was outside in one of the villages in Africa and we um, had to dance. Uh, we didn't understand what they were saying. We weren't familiar with the movement or anything, but because we prepared and we felt the spirit of God on us, mm -hmm. we it, it was almost as if he was still in the building. We could feel the love and the joy and the breakthrough from people. And we, we left out of their understanding that we just speak the language of kingdom. God will translate that to the nation. Okay. So it's not our responsibility to try to, to try to, you know, make it happen. You know, that's, that's again, back to that surrendering state of mind, but it comes through people being willing to be developed and understanding that our gift is not our own. And so, yes, we have, but God can still do the work. <laughs> I really like that phrase that you just said, that you have breakthrough. You have to speak the language of the Lord. And mm. that's what it is. You have to yes. speak the language of the Lord. And that's how you communicate with others. You know, if people, even with what's going on now, if yes. people could just remember, if I speak God language, mm. meaning I don't have to sit here and read to you scripture and verse. I'm, I'm not, I don't have to do that. Yeah. But yeah. I am the living word of God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Come on now, right? So, yes. You know, a lot of people forget that and how they behave and how they act yeah. and how they react is right. we have to remember that we are the vessel that yeah. God is using. Somebody, mm. and I used to tell people all the time, I said, no matter where you go, somebody is always watching you. Ooh, they're yes. watching what you do, whether it's it's positive or negative, yeah. but they're always watching you. So you always have to remember who you're representing, mm. you know, so not, true. not, I'm not representing myself because sometimes yeah. I can be pretty nutty, right? but I am going out. And especially when you're, you're in an environment of teaching, yeah. you have to remember that you stay in the movement of what God is telling you to do, not get into the place of being yourself. That's right. That's good. That's it right there. That's it right there. Period. I like that. I like what you just said about that. I love That's it. Good. Amen. And, and in doing workshops, it is, you know, you never know who's coming, who's walking through the door. Yeah. What their story yeah. is. Yeah. So in your workshop, talk me through, let's yeah. say I am a person that just walked in. I hear that you're doing a, a, a dance workshop, but I'm not sure what kind of dance workshop it is. Walk me through what you take uh, someone who has never uh, participated in your workshops. Walk me through that. Well, you know, when, we, when we've when done workshops, the key is to make sure that we uh, create them at levels. Mm. So that way, if there's somebody that is new, that we're not taking someone that's new to dance and worship and putting them in those that are about to be dispatched, I'll say, to go to Puerto Rico and minister the gospel. So we do levels of worship and understanding. And our key is understanding uh, from, you know, the word of God through prayer, but also trying to hear what those individuals are thinking. What do they see about the dance? What do they feel? What do they already know about mm. the dance or worship? And so that helps us cultivate a curriculum um, even prior to or during the time that we're with them to help them understand and identify, first of all, 
if they're in the right place, if they have an understanding of who God is, what their identity is, you know, how do they see themselves um, in this area of gifting, you know, and what is their what is their hopes and desires? And so when we, when someone, if someone was to walk in in that nature, one, we would hope they were in the right level of class. So mm -hmm. that way it wouldn't be overwhelming or it wouldn't steer them away, but it will be a place where they were comfortable to talk about who they feel they are in Christ, who, what, where God sees their gift going or doing. And then we can build and cultivate from there. You know, we have to keep a heart of Abba Father. You know, we have to keep that love there and, and not judge because some people will find out, you know what? I love dance. I love dancing for the band at school, but I do not think I can put this in front of the sanctuary. I can't do it all. And so that helps them say, you know what? Amen. You know, I think my gift probably might be in helping the ministry in another area, mm. but maybe not dancing right now because we have to understand the purpose of our body. And for every call, there's a sacrifice. There's a sacrifice to live holy. You know, there's beauty and holiness. You know, there's a sacrifice to understand what does it mean to first know who I'm dancing for? Do I understand what it means to talk about God? How do I describe him? You know, you got to get to those basics of understanding who, who am I dancing for and mm -hmm. why? And mm -hmm. how does that connect and fit in? What's that partnership look like? Um, so those are some of the steps and nuggets um, that, you know, I know that we work on with, with people in the beginning. Okay. In the beginning. Okay. That sounds yes. great to me because yeah. I've never been a dance. Well, I used to dance, you know, yeah. <laughs> not that good, but, you know, I don't dance and, like I said, and I say, you know, it is, um, I've seen different praise dance ministries. Yeah. And to, I, I'll say, I will actually say that one group, I called them the praise waivers because all they did was stood there and just waved. And I was like, <laughs> what is, what is the right, purpose? Yeah. What are you trying to yeah. relate right, to right. the, you know, does right. it relate to what the pastor is saying? What does it relate right. to the service that's going on? And I'm like, okay, um, I'm not yeah. really getting that. <clears throat> and then I've, I've watched others that actually really bring in the spirit of the Lord and they right. help the audience, uh, help the congregation, help the ministry that's going on. And I say, you know, how do they find the difference in that? Uh, in someone that's just standing there waving and someone who is actually bringing out the, the spirit of the Lord, trying to assist in the um, service that's going on. I love that. No, and as you're talking, I'm thinking about the fact that one thing that we would always share with people in the arts and even the worship leaders that saw, you know, we're the epistle, we're actually the sermon. So if our body doesn't exude the spirit of the word of God and our mm. movement does not exemplify kingdom, then that's the confused vocabulary and language that people are seeing. Mm -hmm. We're visual sermons, we're, we're visual testimonies. And so people cannot see that, then there's a problem. You gotta go back, okay, are you in your word? Because what's in you comes out. When mm. the, your hand is waving, if you if you don't understand what that means, or if it's not placed according to where God told you to place it as the kingdom choreographer, then you're bringing forth confusion to people that are watching you. And mm. we are very visual people in the church. We we watch, you know, we want to see. We love the arts. We love it all. But but so many people do it out of um, that performance or entertainment spirit. 
Mm-hmm. And then and I'm keeping it real. Mm-hmm. That performance or entertainment spirit where it does become the production and not the praise and not the worship and not the breakdown and the breakthrough and not the healing and not the deliverance. But it comes from a place where whoever is bringing forth that movement, where are they in their walk with the Lord? Because that's mm-hmm. going to come out in the movement that they're teaching to the other people. And as a result, then going to the sanctuary. And I had a vision one day of a dance team where there were I was so many of them and it was great. And they were moving in front of the altar, but I saw a wall up between them and the audience. Mm. And God was saying me, that's what's happening with a lot of people in ministry and dance and worship. We're doing it within ourselves because it feels good, but we're not doing it to reach the people. So Mm. we're getting the greatest garments, the greatest songs and and the greatest movement, the best choreographer that's been in Alvin Ailey for 50 years, whatever. And God said, I can take the one little boy, a little girl that prays to me every night put on some music and have her move and have people fall out because my power is going to work through her because she's a surrendered vessel and she has been in relation with me. Mm. And so again, those are things that we have to teach people. And that's why there is not always that respect or understanding in the arts because Mm. people are looking at it the same way that they look at movement in the world. Wow. Wow. What a what a revelation because you you just opened mm. up some some thoughts in my mind my <laughs> in, 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 mm. in regards to that and um you know you're you're right though some people just go through the motion some people even singers they just go through the motion i remember uh singing and hearing one of the soloists betting another soloist who's gonna make the most people shout and i said is that really what we're supposed to be doing <laughs> we we gonna take bets before the service who gonna make the most people shout is that really what we're supposed to be doing yeah no 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 and i tell people you know what god will meet you where you're at so don't try to figure it all out god will meet you at your where you're at Mm -hmm. if you don't have any experience or if you have little experience but you're surrendered to god's will and you said i know god told me to do this or sing this or go here god's gonna meet you there and he's going to blow your minds but you know we stifle the move of god because we so reliant on ourselves Mm -hmm. ourselves or we're afraid of failure or afraid of what the people will think and um you know, and I understand, and, and I know I've been there, you know, in my early years, you know, but when you begin to really get into relationship with God and you're walking your purpose, you understand it, you'll realize that God really has the final say. And if you have his way, it'll do more than you can ever do. Mm-hmm. His singing, his His spirit through the voice will be more than you'll ever say. So you can sing all day and night and no one will hear you. But mm-hmm. if you're allowing God to take control of that sound oh, yeah. through your vocal cords, something takes place and it will not take all day. You don't have to labor and fasting and praying all the time because you want to make, oh, let me do it right. No, when you know God, he will appoint the time for that. And yes. he'll appoint the, the, the length of time in the season for different things. And so we, we just got to keep remembering um, humility and surrendering to God with those gifts because, you know, sometimes we're stifling the people outside the church and wondering mm-hmm. why they're not coming in. Mm-hmm. Well, because they seeing two different versions or three different versions of who we say God is. They're not seeing the manifestation or the demonstration of his work. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. But God will meet you. God will meet us where, where we're at and he'll mm-hmm. grow us. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is that people forget. I think sometimes I'm not going to say all the time, but I yeah. think sometimes people forget 
who walks through those doors? Mm. Somebody. Exactly. I Love was it. just just reading something actually before we uh, got on the yeah. call. I was just reading something that said, "So you drank all night and you smell like liquor, still go to church, mm. you know? So you come on drugs, or you have fallen fallen by the wayside, still go to church. Yes. People don't people mm -hmm. forget that somebody that walked through those doors may yeah. have just been up all night." for whatever yeah. reason, been laboring all night or had someone close to them pass and just needed to go somewhere for brotherhood. And you see somebody walk in the door and you don't know what they've been through because everybody that comes through the church, through the, the doors of the church are not yeah. church members. That's some right. of them are seeking. Some may, be some may be negative seeking, some may be positive seeking. <clears throat> But you never know who's coming through and you want to know that you're reaching them through all of the ministries of the church, whether it be the person standing at the front door, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the person right. that greets them. Mm. Uh, that is the most important, I feel, is when you walk through the doors of the church, do you feel welcome? Yes. Not a member. Come on. I love it. Yes. Exactly. I, used to, I used to purposefully stand at the door. I wasn't a, an usher. Uh, I was a youth minister. Okay. But I would purposely stand at the door a lot of times because one, it kept me out of, kept me from talking and, and <laughs> gossiping. That was okay. one thing because I had to discipline I myself. It. I love it. I love it. There. But the other thing <laughs> is that I know that when somebody is greeted with a smile and a warm welcome, yeah. that they feel more comfortable than to walk in and somebody mm -hmm. is saying something nasty or slamming a, a bulletin or a missalette in your hand. I grew up Catholic, so it's missalette. Slamming yeah. something in your hand saying, go take a seat. You know, that is, that is so unwelcoming and uninviting. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you think of that, all of the ministry should be that way That's i right. think i agree so, now I, I, I recall listening to a pastor i would listen to him all the time on or watch him on television very warm and in, inviting and stuff get to the church because i had to go drop something off over at that church it was not my home church i was coming to drop something off mm. for somebody. the person in the parking lot was nasty mm, mm, mm. <laughs> the usher was mm. The usher was nasty. The nurse was nasty. And I said, is this really this pastor's church? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Encountering yes. all these negative people. So yes. tell me, and, and we know, you know this as well as I do. Every yeah. church does not accept dance ministry. That's right. That's true. So let's say there's a brand new church beginning. A pastor says, well, I want to start a church. And one of the ladies in the church or a man in the church comes to the pastor and says, well, let's do it. Let's have a dance ministry. So do you consult people in that, in that aspect of if they want to start a new ministry? Absolutely. So, and, and actually um, we, we, that's part of also what we've done for years. Um, I want to say pre-pandemic, a lot of stuff with us has slowed down. Mm -hmm. But prior to, absolutely, we get a lot of calls from if they've seen one of the services that we've had 
or we travel somewhere they happen to go and they're starting a ministry or they're looking for a dance leader or they want to bring that into their church. Uh, we do. We start with consultation to find out what is the vision of the church? Mm -hmm. Because when you start a dance ministry, you, you, and I want to say any ministry, really, Lord Jesus, um, and I'm trying to watch my word. We want to be in line with the vision of the church. So if God gave this man or woman a God the vision, hey, I'm supposed to start my church. Well, the movement in my church should reflect and line up with the vision. Mm -hmm. So that means that whoever I put in place to lead these various ministries, they have to be in agreement with what we are trying to do in this church. Some churches just, you know, this is the name and you're, you're just doing church and that's fine. Or some say, you know what, we are healing and deliverance ministry. So whoever's in, in, in position to lead, must have an understanding of healing and deliverance so that they can be part of the body. Mm. So what happens is that if we just pull people in because we know they do it or because they're a quote expert or they've been in the world 50 years and they come and do gospel 50 years or whatever, we just put people in. What happens is there's a disconnect in the body and we know the word of God talks about, you know, until we all reach unity and that we're, we're, it's one body, but many parts. Every part has to play a role that's attached to the vision. Mm -hmm. So we start with consultation. We start with discussions and, and what, what are they looking for and how would they bring people in? You know, what does that look like for their church, for their vision, you know, without hurting people to still allowing them that time. And I know sometimes we've recommended that, that dancers or worship artists and even psalmists go through a period of, um, I'll call it boot camp, teaching and training mm, and development yeah. before becoming an active member. And um, also giving them other roles. You know, some people, we've had some people that have uh, want have to have the ministry and they know this one dancer that's skilled and the head captain at the high school or the college or even on a higher level, they want them in charge. But if they're broken inside and if mm. they're having issues, how could you let that lead? You don't want your pastor leading you and mm. he's broken broken inside has issues because there's a spirit that comes from that. Even though God can still work with us and heal us in our brokenness and, and in our situations, um, there's still something that we are responsible and accountable to in terms of hearing what God wants and desires for those people. So we are just the people in position. So that consultation, you really have to talk about that and ask questions and have a dialogue about the vision and, and who's there and how to go about it, putting a plan in place. So that way you don't hurt the sheep in the midst of bringing this together mm -hmm. i like that i like that i like that is it because like you said when people do come in some like we said are hurting yeah. you don't want to hurt them more that's right you don't want to hurt them more because those are the ones that said i'm not coming back to church uh-huh uh-huh and then and we'll go so. on on social media and say don't go to this oh church, yes blah 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 yes know? so it is sometimes people i don't think take to heart what they're doing when you, especially when you say they hurt people, or what if you have a, I'm sure that you've come across some people who have been sincere about their ministry in dance and sincere, but someone has hurt them so bad from that gift, because we all know that when you open up, when you dance, when you sing, when you play an instrument and you are opening, not only your, you're opening your emotions, that's up. Right. <clears throat> and people forget that, mm -hmm. you know, they, they forget that you're opening yourself up. So I am opening myself and revealing something that God has given to me. But of course we know the world, people are going to always have comments and statements and stuff. So right. speak to that, that 
um, do you have like retreats for those that have been hurt, the dance leaders that have been hurt? Do you have uh, a retreat set up for them? We've had a lot of mentoring programs for them because we, we I, I believe and I even taught those leaders that that um, served with me that, you know, we lean not to our own understanding. When we become aware of somebody's hurtship or hardship, we've got to get guidance from God of how to handle them and mm. how to handle that particular situation. And the way we've been able to do it is through mentorship, through having that one-on-one and, and loving them back to life. Because if they're not whole and complete or, or let's say not even complete yet, they just still hurting, you know, if we're saying that we accept this call, then there's work that we have to do to help those chosen vessels that God brings in. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that's why, you know, we always hear and we say many are called, but few are chosen because when you decide that you're going to walk in ministry or you're going to lead, um, there is a responsibility as a leader that you have to carry, whether you tired or not. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I remember my phone would ring at 11 o'clock, one of the members needing prayer or something's going on. It's one in the morning or whatever, but I accepted the assignment. Mm -hmm. And so with that assignment, God will lead you to how to handle that individual. I don't believe in a one-stop shop. Um, I believe that God will orchestrate whatever that need is, but it's a cost for the call. And, and that's what we have to do as leadership. So yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like that. I'm writing that down. I'm writing that down. You yes. accepted the assignment. That is to me, uh, what I call a nugget because people forget that you accept an assignment. Yeah. But God has called you to something and you accept, you accept it all. You accept it all. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, you accept it all. Yes, it's a lot. That's why we're so, sometimes you hear people that, you know, they talk bad about the pastor and stuff like this because the pastor don't work or what have you. And I said, well, hold on. Take a step back. Right. You are not the only person that is that in that congregation. Let's say you have a pastor that has a, a congregation of 2,000 people and you're angry because the pastor is not working. You get mad because the pastor's not working. Well, guess what? People don't die on a on a time schedule. That's right. People don't need prayer on a time schedule. Come on. People don't need support on the time schedule. So if your pastor or or your pastoral associates that are on board, if they're working a nine to five job and somebody Oof. passed in the middle of them working, they can't tell their boss, hey, you know, hold on, I got to <laughs> right and come back so that's, that's why right. i like what you what you said when people call yeah. you and yeah. people forget that they forget that they you, forget you know so <laughs> that's right they do and we have to reiterate it and pray for them but keep going because a lot of the people don't fully understand that cost they don't and that's why we have to be careful um praising everything that's not God or that's mm. not complete. We have to be careful with that because then we're, we're stifling their growth if they need to understand something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. and you talk about it in, and even in dance ministry, in dance ministry, yeah. you are the minister, whoever's the lead of that group. So let's right. say you have a group of 65 people yeah, and people are coming to you and they're asking you questions and they're calling on you and people think they, they think, Oh, all you do is just cool, you know, choreograph the steps and what have you, but there's so much more. Talk a little bit about that beyond the dance, beyond the choreography. 
Yeah. So, you know, you have to, when you decide to work with a group of people and we've worked with, you know, 100 plus, cause I know there's been seasons where we've choreographed for large groups and I am talking about over a hundred. And so there you have to establish order and structure. Mm. And if you're not willing to, um, do that, you're always going to be in an atmosphere of confusion. So your order and, stru and, and structure includes um, sitting everyone down, uh, all 100, 200 of y'all, and saying, this is what we're doing, and this is the why. You go here for that person, this for that person. You have a team of support. You put things in place the same way you would do an organization um, to an extent, but you put people and tools in place to bring order before you even get started talking about that. Even when it comes to things that don't that don't relate to the dance, um, there should be something put in place so that way that person knows what to do or where to go. Because let me tell mm -hmm. you, not every leader is capable to handle every situation. Mm -hmm. There's some people that you're going to have to say, this is what she does. So she's on this team. And so if you run into this, we're, this is such and such that you'll go to for help, et cetera. So it goes back to how well developed and understanding that head leader is um, of what the assignment is and just establish order before anything else goes forth um, to make sure the ministry is holistically taken care of beyond the dance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Well, that is good. I love when yeah. people tell, when, when somebody tell me something about order, <laughs> because <laughs> it, yeah. it gives, it's a symbol of, I respect your time. I respect right. the gifts and I respect what you are here for. Because right. there are so many times when you go places and people don't start stuff on time, they don't right. have any instruction, it's, you know, it's, it's just chaotic. Mm -hmm. And when you see chaos, of course, there's going to be yeah. so much discord in Very that situation. Much. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I like yeah. that. I like that. <laughs> now, um, dope women. Let's talk about that. Yes. What does that mean? You know, I, I think dope women means someone that has endured a se seasons or a season of ministry. I, I look at it beyond the media, you know, because I've been walking in ministry, I guess, um, and I need to make sure I'm, uh, I need to count because I'm either over 30 or at 30 years of ministry. And so the media just came as another component of it. And to me, when you hear dope women, it, to me, it's that woman that has continued to run the race, even when it's been difficult, even when she's in by herself, um, she's committed to proclaiming the gospel, whether it's through um, the, 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 the music, the psalmist that comes on her show, whether it's to the author that comes on her show, whatever it is, but making sure that God is exalted in that. She leads a life that is pleasing to God. Um, when she makes mistakes, she falls down, but she gets back up. You know, it's all those things that define a woman. You know, mm -hmm. that's how I look at it because we as women, if we took away media and we took away our titles and everything, my God, I mean, we're the, we're the multiplication of the earth. You know, I mean, I'm probably going too far, but we, we are really strong beings. Um, and we have these, we play such a support role for our, our families, um, our ministries, um, our corporate America, everywhere. When you put a woman that's been built um, on on that, that has gone through but came out, that is saying, you know, um, you know, many are my afflictions, but the Lord has delivered me from them all. When you put mm -hmm. a woman that is solid by herself, and you add the media 
oh my God, that's empowerment, not just mm -hmm. for her, not just for other women and young girls coming up, but that's empowerment for those uh, other genders and, and nationalities that see us, um, that need to be reminded or encouraged um, to keep standing, to keep going, or just to know who we are. Mm -hmm. So when I think about being a dope woman, you know, I want a jacket <laughs> that says, I am a dope woman. I've endured, but I made it. I fell down, but I got up. You know, I, I died a few times, but God let me live again and again and again, you know? And so to me, that is what embodies being dope, you know, positive things and being able to remind people that there are good, there are goodness, there is goodness um, in our media airwaves. And it mm -hmm. comes from a woman. Okay. All right now. <laughs> we don't today, Miss Sonia. We don't. <laughs> now, uh, I'm gonna ask you about your book, Sleeping Beauty, oh, Dream Again. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, I and I tell people all the time, so I'm putting it out there for accountability. So this was one of the books out of a few that I published and I'm behind. But this book that I, I did, I did, I did get forward. I was like, Lord, forgive me, I'm gonna get the other ones out. Um, 2014, I want to say I wrote the book. 2014, 2018, uh, Sleeping Beauty Dream Again. The catalyst of the book came from the fact that, um, so I'm gifted in dreams um, and um, God has given me a seer anointing. And so um, with that, as I began to progress through life, going through traumatic situations, um, again, long story short, um, been through the pageant industry. I'm a former Miss Black California, former Miss Black USA uh, mm -hmm. finalist. And so in that, I saw a lot of women, we're going back to the women again, that began to become broken because of, they're either tra traumatic issues that were not resolved and also those that did not receive the crown at these pageants mm. that really just broke down like their life was over and so um by the time the lord pulled all these pieces of the puzzle together for me he, i remember how he was using dreams and visions and my giftings to help me heal be delivered and stay whole but also to give back to another woman and so when the book was published, it was published for women, women's studies, to be able to use the gifts God has given them, prophetically speak life over them, um, but to know that the crown is really having the glory of God, you know, mm. the, the final crown, the crown that goes through, but still is on your head. Because, you know, when you when you do pageants, you're the queen for that year, but you got to pass that crown. When you walk in your place in the position God has called you to and that purpose, that crown is eternal. You know, we become part of his. We're an heir to the throne. Mm -hmm. And so God used those giftings, the seer, the dreams that he's given me, um, the prophetic gifting to speak life over women and also to give exercises in that book, prayers in that book, um, even a little slumber party, how to do your slumber <laughs> party with some women so that you can just speak life, prophesy to yourself, build yourself back up um, and keep on going. And so it came from a place of not only just being a woman in the industry, pageant industry, mm -hmm. um, but a couple of the gifts that God has given me to just empower women. So it's for small Bible studies. It's a very easy read, um, but it, it helps us to detox and then fill back up with the things that God wants to give us. It gives us activation in the prophetic and activation in our dreams. Okay, that is great. Now, let me ask you, have you ever done a women's retreat? I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm big on retreat, I guess. I love I, it. Retreat is my day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Lord, she must be speaking something. So I've been, I've spoken at so many, but I haven't done my own retreat. Now I did one, uh, 
I guess I didn't call it a retreat, but I've done women conferences, you know, mm-hmm. at the hotels, et cetera, through Sharita Lovelace Ministries. Um, but, you know, I love things that are outside of our buildings, you know, like mm-hmm. away at a wilderness place. And, you know, we still got a house and cover, you know, we're not in a tent, but, you know, so I, I haven't done a retreat in that respect, but I have done several women conferences, the benediction, uh, beauty secrets, um, of several uh, for women only. Um, And the last one we did was, I want to say right the year right before the pandemic Mm. uh, we did. So hopefully got to bring that back. But, um, you know, going away to do an actual retreat elsewhere outside of the box, maybe something that um, I'll consider maybe the Lord is speaking through you right now. <laughs> this Maybe we don't know, but, uh, but yeah, but let's, explain, <laughs> let's explain to, uh, those who may not know the difference between a retreat and a conference. Yeah. Well, like I said, I grew up yeah. Catholic yeah, and sure. we had retreats where we would go yeah. for a weekend. And so explain to Love those it. who may not know what a retreat is and know the difference between a retreat, what is a yes. natural retreat and what is a conference. Right. Yeah, I love it. So when 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 I think about the retreat, that is really going somewhere that puts you outside of your comfort zone. For many people, it puts you in a place where you're not only being able to self-care, self-reflect, uh, maybe do activities, um, enjoy what's around you, but you're getting fed. Mm-hmm. So you're getting fed not only with the word or whatever the theme is of that retreat, you're getting fed from that perspective, from the speakers, the leaders, whomever, but you also had that time over the weekend to reflect, refresh replenish, Mm -hmm. you know, revive again, um, and begin to move forward. Um, Some retreats have that theme, those tangible tools and items that you can take and implement in your daily life as a woman um, Mm -hmm. from that point on, or just things that you just need to let go and release. And when the retreat is over, you ain't going back, you know? (laughs) Um, So amen to that. So we do need, we definitely need retreats. It, 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 to me, um, really embraces that, that, that holistic woman, Um, not saying conferences can't can't do that, but conferences, and especially for the ones we've done, have really been a lot of impartation, meaning a lot of teaching, um, a lot of development, a lot of training uh, solely, and may have, may have only been for one period at a time. So, for example, one of the conferences we did that night was a dream activation, a Friday night, but that mm-hmm. Saturday was a half day of workshops of impartation from the leaders of whatever our topic was at that time, and then you were released to go home. You're probably still in your same city, your same area, unless you opened it up up to other other states that surround you. Um, and it may be a little bit more um, intense in some, some respects. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- the world is changing so much and people are trying to, which is I think is, is good, uh, really, uh, I want to say marry the two. Mm. because we need Mm. that self-care we need that holistic approach we need time to uh reflect and debrief on Mm. what god is giving us that we remain in a healthy state of mind in this season especially in 2022 and beyond so um you know you're kind of seeing that come forth a little bit but that's kind of the difference um and there's probably more nuggets to it but that's how i explain the difference of retreat (laughs) versus conference time yes 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 indeed (laughs) and one of my favorite parts of a retreat is you are allowed a couple of hours you're given a couple of hours to be alone with the Lord so whether it was sitting in a room or whether it was going outside because I would always say this was my time to step off the world yes and you know just sit and reflect you can either be with someone or without someone Uh, I recall at one retreat and I am not a water person (laughs) 
Uh-oh. <laughs> but one of the people that was on the retreat said, hey, let's take this boat and go out in the middle of the lake. And I said, for what? <laughs> you trying to drown? Right. You trying to drown somebody? What are you trying to do? I'm not going out there. <laughs> but actually, we, we rode out into the middle of the lake and just sat there and listened to the water. Listen to, we didn't talk. And that was the interesting. We wow. didn't talk to each other. I love it. Mm. We sat there and just reflecting on what was going on around us, listening to nature and listening to God and what he was yes. saying to us and stuff. So I thought that was a, a lot of people I say, you know, that is my time to step off the world. Yes. <laughs> I need to. We all need oh, to. We all need to. Yeah. Yeah. We, we need it. to do that. Just step off and, yeah. you know, nobody. Pause. <laughs> Yep, that's right. Just pause our day, just pause everything and just soak in whatever God's saying and that that atmosphere. I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, I hope I've inspired you to do such. You have really inspired me because I'm like, when when can I do this real quick? Because I need a break right now. <laughs> because you know, it is it and you know, you look around and there's so much tension and so much strife. Oh and sometimes you think you're relaxing and you're yeah. not because you're still hearing the world. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, mm, so I think true. the thing that has gotten me through um, this pandemic is the fact that I can look out of my office window and yeah. there's a pond and I watch wildlife. Uh, so when the it. pandemic was going and they were talking about doom and gloom and, and people dying and, and I'm not negating that because it did, ha yeah. it has happened and still yeah. happening. Yep. But I saw the grass turning green again. I said, but God is still mm. breathing mm. and he's still giving life. And I saw the ducks and the geese and the baby ducks and the rabbits. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, but God is still giving life when man is about to be at his demise. Look at God that. is still developing. And that's something that you learn or something that you see on a retreat. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. I love it. Woo! Yes, you're excited over here. Well, I hope to hear that you're going to be doing a retreat. So Come on now, to... I'm like getting excited because you 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 are on it. It's on point, and and that that's how God speaks. Yeah, I love it. Growing, I'm telling you, growing up in California introduced me more to the outside like never before. So you know, we love the water, not just the beach, but I remember my father would take us to the oceans. We would go to the mountains. In elementary school, our field trips were in some of the um, campgrounds. Mm. So you know, I had a different growing up experience than this generation now and the millennials, etc. Because in California, we were outside people. I used to tell people, and I, and I don't want to say too much of a book that needs to be published, that you know, I would walk with no shoes on, just on my street, you you know, on those hot days and my pants legs will be rolled up because the weather was good. The outside was beautiful. You could smell blossoms that were come from the trees. Mm. It was fragrant. Um, so God just does a great, he, he's great at demonstrating himself and creation outside. Mm -hmm. And so many people miss that. And so, you know, you speaking something right now, Miss Antonia. So I, I just, I'm gonna stop right there because I'm, I'm getting so encouraged, but yeah, mm -hmm. I love what you're saying. I'll tell you, uh, and this is just really off color in that I was, we live in an area that we have a lot of cornfields in the area. I was telling people yeah. in the country, but I grew up in yeah. the yeah. and I was shucking corn 
And something, a revelation came to me is that we are like corn, where God is the husk outside Ooh. that protects us. Yes. The silk is where he is keeping us safe and warm. Mm -hmm. And when you get to the kernels, you know, that's all of us, that we are right there together and we're helping one another because if you don't have the kernels that are on the cob, Come on. <laughs> you don't add Come nutrition. On. That's <laughs> right. And I was sitting there thinking about that one day and I said, that is, where did this weird idea come from? It I love was, it. But when you think of it and you think of how God protects us and just looking at just the different things around us uh, and, and how we grow and nurture. And I know this is not part of, you know, talking gospel music gold, but it is just thinking about just, and those are some of the things that you can think and see and watch just something natural. And I'm, I'm like, mm. I love doing this shucking corn. And I'm I thinking about this. <laughs> I love it. But on uh, uh, the same token of, of getting some revelation, this can be where the revelation of lyrics to somebody's song can come from about mm -hmm. what God, how he surrounds us and protects us. And they may not say corn or shuck or anything, but the revelation <laughs> behind it could be a song for someone that's God speaking. So it could, be. It, could be. it could be, it could be, right? So that is so great. Okay. Now I am, I'm really having a good time. I know that we've been talking for a while, <laughs> but I want to ask you to tell my audience how they can get in contact with you and what you have on uh, going on currently yeah thank you so much so uh, basically um I, i'm on all social media just about under uh facebook dr sharita lovelace but also sharita lovelace ministries um instagram sharita lovelace uh twitter sharita lovelace um so the only Facebook page that that has something different is, is the, my main one, Dr. Shreda Lovelace, which is where we have the triumphant show every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and people can also email me, Lovelace at gmail.com to be a guest for booking uh, for, for anything. They can email me at Lovelace at gmail. Um, but coming up, um, some things in the making, one thing that we are preparing to uh, push a little bit more in terms of advertising. So we're going back to the place of where God had us doing church outside the walls, but we're formalizing it on Sundays. That'll be coming March 27th at 9 a.m. So if you follow me at Sharita Lovelace Ministries, you'll be able to catch the, the broadcast of that mm -hmm. service. Um, it's called Global, Global Overflow Empowerment Center. And so um, I'm looking forward to what God's going to do and how he's speaking in that le next level of ministry um, that he kind of put on hold for a minute, then had the pandemic. So now we're ready to move forward um, in it on Sunday mornings at nine. So that's that's what's going on so far. That is wonderful. <laughs> and Sharita is spelled with a D. Uh, some people spell it with a T. So I just wanted to let you know, Sharita is spelled with a D. <laughs> that's and, right. Thank you. That's true. <laughs> I want to thank my guest, Apostle Dr. Sharita M. Lovelace, for Amen. participating in this segment on Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. These shows are to explore, record, and raise excitement about gospel music and its gold. I hope you, the audience, enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Please send me an email sharing your thoughts about the show segment. Also, if you have any suggestions of future guests you would like to hear on the show, Send me an email to let's talk to gmg at gmail.com. That's let's talk the number two gmg at gmail.com. 
You may also like and share the episode. And if you subscribe, you'll be alerted when the next episode is published. I am your host and Sonia saying, let's sing, let's shout and tell of the great news through Gospel Music Gold. Until the next episode, take care and God bless. This episode has been sponsored by Nelsie IT. The disaster has happened. We were all caught off guard March 2020. And in many cases, there is now a rebuilding process which must take place. How does this affect you as a church leader or a small business owner? With over 20 years of experience, we can help you create an emergency response and a business continuity plan for your church or your small business. We discuss methods of preparing for the next emergency or disaster. Here are a few things we can speak to you about for your church. How to continue communicating with your congregants without access to your physical location. How do members reach the leadership staff? What about church records? Are they safe and available? And here are a few things we will cover for a small business. Communicating with your customers and meeting their needs and or orders. Do you have a backup process to keep your business records safe? We can talk about technology, security, and record keeping. For more information, contact us at 708 762 3587. That's 708 762 3587. And we can discuss how you can feel more comfortable in creating a emergency response plan and or a business continuity plan. Mm-hmm.